0: Welcome back to Millennial Pagan Podcast, the podcast that aims to discuss issues and hot topics influencing the pagan world from a millennial perspective, focusing on how millennials intend to affect witchcraft, magic, and polytheistic worship. Hi, Jera.
1: Hi, Autumn.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, That's... we're your hosts, Autumn Wolf.
1: <laughs> and Jarrah Stone. Ah! Uh, that, that, that That was, uh, it's still kind of new to me, so it threw me off a little bit. Oh, yeah, our new intro. Yeah. I thought
0: it kind of incorporated incorporates or encompasses us better because we are we're we're, we're millennials mm-hmm. talking in millennial language to to some people about paganism and what we care about and i i figured our old intro where it was it it flowed a little bit better because i was more used to it didn't really
1: it, speak that yeah yeah what what what, what do you guys think yeah. that that's do, do you guys like the new the new intro that, that's 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 something I, I I want an answer yeah. to.
0: I just thought it was important to like emphasize that the the millennial part isn't the important part because I've gotten a lot of comments about how I'm not a millennial, but I love what you guys are talking about, and I'm like I really appreciate that. Please feel free to continue to listen despite the fact that you're not a millennial because the only point of millennial in that name is that we are. Yeah, <laughs> actually, yeah. all three of us are. Um, mm-hmm. We're a- actually gonna do our first episode where we're gonna have Sound Guy T not be just Sound Guy. He's going to be talky, talky sound guy. D- and d-
2: I'm talky guy.
1: Yeah, and, talky. and 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 I'd love to introduce you, but I I just can't say your name. Huh? <laughs> <sighs>
0: we 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 had a white girl try it five, six, seven times, and she she don't get it yet.
2: Well, I mean, it's not easy to pronounce for really anyone. I mean, my real name is also difficult to pronounce, so I
0: I figured that one out though. Yeah, it's.
2: Thanks to a certain director having come up in the last few years. Oh, yeah, yeah. i am yeah. very fortunate. Um, no, it's Tlaloc. T-L-A-L-O-C. He's the Aztec god of rain and thunder and lightning.
0: Tlaloc.
1: And that's actually the reason why we've been having a lot of rain and storms out it here in Arizona. It wasn't me, I swear. <laughs> okay, okay.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: So um, I, I know we're we're, we're kind of just going a little off the cuff this uh, this show this episode. Um, yep. We're actually going to be talking about something a little uh, a little bit different, a little uh, little fun.
0: Well, I, are you saying you don't have fun?
1: Well, no, I do have fun, but oh, I, but okay. I'm but I'm saying like it, it's not really. I mean, it is going to be a little bit of a learning experience, but it's something uh-huh. that a lot of people I feel really enjoy.
0: Yeah, I think it it has ties to mm-hmm. the pagan community. Um, it has historical connections to what paganism is now. So, and I think a lot of us in the pagan community just genuinely enjoy going to the renaissance festival yes so yeah that's what we're going to be talking about is renaissance festivals there will be a little bit of hey this is the pegany stuff about it like why i i think it's important for us to talk about it and not just because me and jared are going this weekend yeah a- and ta- pla- plow look i got it did i get it you got it ah, woo-hoo!
1: <laughs> you know it, okay i'm just gonna say it it's it sounds more cling on to me than aztec but hey it's actually pretty cool
0: I'm pretty sure, like, Klingon and, um oh, shit, what's Spock? Take away my Vulcan. nerd card. Vulcan. Take yeah. my nerd Hand card. it over. Yep, yep, yep. Thank yep. You. All right. Um, thank you. So, so I, I think languages like that do have a connection mm-hmm. into ancient languages. I'm sh- George R. R. Martin even said that he based what he wrote about as far as the here's my nerd card again um
2: <laughs> no that's okay i actually forgot that one too I the, uh, the Dothraki. dothraki, dothraki yeah.
0: is based on um actual ancient languages and linguists were brought in to fill in the gaps mm-hmm. for game of thrones so
1: yeah no it, yeah but i think i think that's how i'm, I'm going to be hearing it in my head now it's a, it's going to be more Klingon than aztec
2: Tlaloc. Tlaloc. i'm in Tlaloc, yeah. I'm so actually in. yeah the way you
0: said it i could just the wrinkles added to your forehead <laughs> Wow, that sounded really mean. I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> Why? Because they already have some there? I wasn't going to emphasize that. I, anyway. I'm a millennial with <laughs> four headlines. It happens. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, yeah. Sound Guy T, or Tlaloc, <laughs> t- t- yes. um, is on today because we're going to be talking about the Ren Faire. And he has a lot of history in the Ren Faire himself. But before we dive into that... He has to tell us his coming of which story <laughs> because it's the rules. Yes.
2: It's the rules. rules. And I intend to follow
0: them. Alrighty. Go ahead, sir.
2: So, much like a lot of the decisions I made in my life as I was getting older. Uh,
0: Wait, you're old? Older. Okay, continue.
2: When I was nine. when I, Well, okay. When I was about 14, 15, I kind of started realizing your. Cookie cutter Christianity, or mm-hmm. how I was raised—Catholic, Catholic. Catholic.
0: Um, oh dear, we're a room full of recovering Catholics. Catholics, <laughs> Catholic. You got me. Yeah. Okay, anyway, continue. Um,
2: I, it wasn't feeling right for me, and not that I personally don't believe that the Bible uh, has good stories. I think it has a lot of good hmm. uh, stories. Helps us uh, really kind of judge life and our decisions a uh, lot of good a lot of good lessons
1: it's a great book of proverbs
2: yeah um but
0: fables
2: mm-hmm. the stories or rather the the churches the mm-hmm. organizations behind it that they they try so hard to uh they try so hard to really just sell you on it they whatever they can to get money out of it so i kind of started getting jaded with it as i got older mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i stopped going to church much to my mother's dismay um
0: disappointing mother since
2: 2008
1: <laughs> 1994 oh god Oh, you were yeah yeah that was pretty young
2: i'm an elder millennial mm-hmm.
0: you're an <laughs> ex aren't you like right on the cusp of ex-centennial, ex, excentennial. i said it the right way okay i did
1: it's good it's because it's because now you're trying to say it right yeah (laughs)
0: anyway but
2: yeah i was raised in that Mm -hmm. cusp um and uh around 18 or 19 i met a girl and much like many of my decisions in my 20s it was because of a girl now She introduced me to Wicca. She was the first Wiccan I had ever met. Mm -hmm. So I was actually fascinated by the entire concept of it. And uh, I chose to just go ahead and start reading up on it. I bought a book, which my mom later found and disposed of. I had it hidden underneath my mattress. I was that terrified (laughs) of my mother.
0: You hid your Wicca material under your mattress.
2: Well... Among other things, but yes.
1: Um, <laughs> it has company.
0: Doesn't that make the bed lumpy when it's a thicker novel?
1: Not if it's a thicker
0: mattress. Oh.
2: I never noticed, personally. Yeah. but
0: Anyway. anyway. I'm actually... I, I need to give you props, because you picked up a book and read for yourself. Yeah. So that that was uh, impressive for that age range when a girl told you this is a thing, and you didn't just blindly go, okay.
2: Yeah, no. I mean, at that point, I was already searching for... Where my spirituality lay, mm-hmm. and you know this was an avenue that opened up before me. I wasn't sure if it was something I was going to follow down or or anything like that, but um I ended up just kind of really enjoying the natural aspect of it how how it how it ties to just life in general and uh it really kind of just fascinated me the whole concept of of you know being one with nature and a kind of understanding why I love. Personally, the beach, like mm-hmm. why I feel the most at home, the most at peace there, because everyone has their, their natural surrounding where they feel the most comfortable. You have the forest. Mm-hmm. I have the beach. I don't know what yours is. Per- I don't know what you, if you have a specific one.
1: Um, sitting, what, playing video games.
2: Hey, man, that's probably <laughs> the most therapeutic way to no, no,
1: no, but uh, honestly, it's, it's outside, um, actually more at night. It doesn't matter where I am as long as I'm outside at night okay that's what i really like Mm
2: -hmm. the moonlight the the dark sky absolutely Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. whatever helps you find your your center Mm -hmm. so over the course of several years at that point it was really me just kind of still poking around looking at different aspects of uh paganism uh polytheism the norse gods the the aztec gods the greek gods roman or you know various different pantheons egyptian gods as well um for a while I kind of I kind of just rode the line really kind of more just focusing on my own
0: personal mm-hmm.
2: beliefs as far as how I handle how I treat different people. Um so I kind of just chose on chose the idea of a, a communal life energy like we all mm-hmm. we all come from a an energy source that fuels the universe. And uh that kind of started leading me down uh I don't want to call it the force, but, I mean, for all for all intents and purposes, that's, that's mm-hmm. kind of a, an, an analog for it. Right, well, right. For life, for energy. Mm-hmm.
1: It's however you, you adapt to it and yeah. how, whatever you, you feel drawn yeah. to it.
2: So, as I... <clears throat> within the last few years, I've kind of been getting a better feel for it. Um, I was married previously. Uh, my ex-wife was a shaman. Um and she's very talented very very intelligent woman she's a reiki master um, and she taught me a lot about the different poly you know the polytheism in general and, and mm-hmm. how she takes to it um, her patron is Bast mm-hmm. and i kind of like started looking into that this is really fascinating just you know the whole patron gods and that's kind of where i started falling towards my my background kind of understanding where my my people came from, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, the natives of Mexican land, uh, the Aztecs, which is why I kind of started looking at their, at their, uh, mythologies and their, the gods, you know, uh, Quetzalcoatl, Huitzilopochtli, um, I could keep going, but I'm just going to get tongue-tied, and (laughs) Tlaloc kind of really just resonated with me, Mm -hmm. so I kind of started reading up on him, and yes, he's just, he's the god of, uh... Thunder, rain, and, and and lightning and all that. But he's also, um, and I need to pull this up only because I'm kind of spacing on it. But he's also uh, not the god of harvests, but he's like the god of making things sprout.
0: Oh, okay. So, the, like the, the spring germination.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, it kind of like bringing life forward and, and and i love the idea mm-hmm. of it so that's what kind of just fascinated me and he's my patron uh mm-hmm. so it, i kind of just been going down that road ever since and and meeting meeting autumn and and Jera and our other friends and mm-hmm. really kind of mm-hmm. finding a community here has been fantastic which is why i was so happy to join up and help you guys run the show thank
0: you yeah.
2: so you know thank you i really appreciate being here
0: yeah. so um a few questions sure. um do you find, or do historians from your research find that Aztec um, culture and Aztec religion is better uh, written or better kept than, say, um, indigenous European traditions or worse?
2: I, th- well, it's hard to say mm-hmm. because.
0: Comparing apples to oranges, I guess. <laughs> yeah.
2: And a lot, I mean, you look at the ancient cultures of Greece of of the vikings of, of the romans you know those are you know several thousand years old mm-hmm. you know whereas the aztecs were around up until about 500 years ago when mm-hmm. they were killed off mm-hmm. so there's still a lot of recent history there that's still uh visible that's that they can still find i mean they they can go back and look at the older uh Older uh, races like uh, the Incas, the Mayas, the uh, Olmecs, Mm -hmm. they can keep going back. And those start getting older. Those start getting more difficult to find. But, I mean, the Aztec culture, Tenochtitlan, the capital uh, where Mexico City is currently sitting, Mm -hmm. uh, there are still pyramids there that are still standing. You can go to Cancun, and if you want to get away from the beach, Chichen Itza is right there.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: That's actually – everyone keeps saying Rocky Point, and I'm like, does Rocky Point have any, like, cultural or historical – Revelence or is it just beach so that's why i'm have like great
2: beer <laughs> yeah. yeah no
0: and i i'm the kind of vacationer i'm like i'm gonna go scuba diving one day and then i'm gonna go see the historical stuff the next so yeah. i i'm a kind of way a place as i don't want to just go to resort towns yeah
2: i'm the same way
1: well and and the the it's kind of funny that you mentioned about the pyramids because uh, uh i'm i'm half hispanic as mm-hmm. well so yeah and um, my mom's side of the family is completely from from Mexico, actually from a small town called Pablo Clan, Puebla, way down in the southerns of Mexico. And uh, when I was really young, I think, actually I was talking about this earlier today at work with, uh, with a few friends. Uh, when I was younger, I actually went to, um, I can't remember the, the name of the town, but it was it's the Pyramid of the Sun and the Pyramid of the Moon. Mm-hmm. And I climbed both of those when I was eight years old. And when I was on the Pyramid of the Sun, I did the Pyramid of the Sun first, it was very, very difficult for me to actually climb that one. And this kind of ties in with my whole being outside at night, going up the Pyramid of the Moon, I flew up that thing. (laughs) So, I kind of feel, you know, a little bit more of a connection with that, too, so... It's kind of funny that you mentioned the pyramids and that I was talking about that earlier today, too. So That, that is pretty cool. Yeah.
2: I, unfortunately, have not had that honor to mm-hmm. actually explore the pyramids. My parents, <laughs> that was their honeymoon. Oh, wow. They, they went to Cancun. But they didn't go to the resorts. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were actually living in Mexico at the time. Oh, so, okay, yeah. <laughs> so they went to the pyramids. They went into the little towns and really kind of bought all the little tchotchkes that you would buy in Cancun and whatnot when you travel into the city. But they really had the most fun exploring, you know, the culture, the history. Mm-hmm. I mean, my grandmother is, uh, she was the village healer mm-hmm. in the town that they grew up in called Tepehuanes, Durango. Um, And she taught all of her daughters a lot of that. My mom is a healer, but she's also a devout Catholic, so she refuses to acknowledge it. Hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's fine. I'm not going to, you know.
0: That's funny because my grandmother has um, a different thing that uh, we we call it a direct line to the saints. If she (laughs) prays for it, it will happen. Or if she wants it, she'll get it. And it's very... Amusing that it's that way. Whereas, one of my, like, I guess, sixth sense is I if I ask myself a yes or no question about the future, I can usually say yes, no, or this person hasn't made a decision yet to make this a yes or no. And I can mm-hmm. usually pinpoint whose decision needs to be made. Mm hmm. And it, it's really about how close it is to me and how much it's going to affect my future personally. So it's not like, oh, I can look at you and make this yes, no question about myself, about how your life is going to go, unless it matters to me. Mm-hmm. So like, Jarrah, I can't yes or no if you're going to marry Sunshine, but obviously you guys haven't made that decision either. So that's right. one thing. But like, I can't tell what you're going to have for lunch tomorrow because it doesn't, it doesn't affect me.
1: I think I think I'm going to have steak. For I'm lunch. glad. For lunch. You go. But,
0: well, like, <laughs> is T going to get in a car wreck tomorrow? No, because I'm not going to get in a car wreck tomorrow, and we're spending the day at the rent fair. Mm-hmm. So. Thank
2: any- you. I don't want to get in a car wreck. Ever. I've been in one. Not fun. Yeah, no, not fun.
0: <laughs> anyway, <laughs> <laughs> not to put a whole negative down. No. So, another thing. Uh, we might be sounding a little zany today. We actually talked about doing this episode while drinking because it was just the three of us. We are all three. Well, at least me and T are stone sober. I'm pretty sure Jarrah's drinking water.
1: Yeah, it, it's it's water. Although I do have some whiskey over there. I need to go grab it. I
0: know.
2: It's anyway. p- if it's that peanut whiskey, you bring oh, it, is, it back in here. I, I will.
1: Peanut butter. You peanut said butter.
0: peanut and it's I was like, good. um.
1: It's hey, it, yeah. Dirty i I was actually snoopy so so today oh, never mind. <laughs> so today at work we actually had a potluck because it was our, our graduation day and i was actually making my root beer ribs Ooh. yeah i know right so um i was actually thinking about throwing some of that peanut butter whiskey in there but uh i remembered one of the people in class said one of their allergies was oh. peanut and it's made with actual peanut oil. oh like,
0: yeah it. no no definitely yeah. no so back on topic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> T. Yes. Do you practice magic? I
2: Pile can't up. say that I do, to be completely honest. Okay. Um I like hashtag manifest like a mofo.
0: Oh, thank you. <laughs> I cannot push that. Well, I can't take all the credit. I was gonna say. <laughs> there there was there, there there was a lot of help. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but so I do like to not necessarily go through the process of spells or anything like that, but mm-hmm. I do uh, mantras, prayers, whatever whatever you want to call it, you know, mm-hmm. I kind of just, uh, to kind of just get myself in the right mindset for, say, the day, day at work, or,
0: mm-hmm. or going
2: out and dealing with people, because I do also suffer from anxiety, so people is always...
0: Yeah, people yeah. are people.
2: So I have to kind of just put myself in that mindset, I, I manifest mm-hmm. my, my self-confidence in that regard, Ooh. so that helps a lot. Um, that's pretty much the extent of it. I don't really do any real more than that other than just kind of mm-hmm. when I meditate and just kind of just let myself process the world.
0: Right.
1: Yeah. P- pretty much when you need it, it comes to you.
0: Yeah, basically. And
1: when you want it, you can make it happen.
2: That's what I learned as a boy. You want something, you get it. You work hard at it. You think about it. You find out what you need to do to get it and then get it.
0: Yeah. Thank you for summing up the last like seven m- magical Mondays <laughs> right there.
2: Well, I mean, the hashtag kind of.
0: You're enjoying reading my magical Mondays. I appreciate it.
2: I'd like to write a few.
0: Please. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm running out of ideas, people. I, so when I planned hashtag manifest like a mofo magical Monday tips, um, I wrote down about 20. I've planned out through March I've done January February March so how many Mondays y'all count that um
2: between 12 and 14 yeah I'm I'm running out okay
0: and uh my, my fear is doubling up so if you ever see a double up please don't call me out on it I'll cry
1: it's, it's true she will i've seen it happen yeah no, no
0: i'll I'll too. just i'll just be embarrassed with myself like really <laughs> i've already told you all that but you never know there might be a newbie who just started following us on twitter or facebook yeah. who haven't read it yet or it might sink in the different way that i say it because i guarantee because i forgot about it i'm not going to write it the same way mm. <laughs> so um i which, think which,
1: which i do yeah. i do have a couple of the the magic tip mondays uh, some ideas as Fantastic. well. Fantastic.
0: So. Well, on that note, I think we're going to take a short break. I'm going to stop this love-hate relationship with my mic, and they're going to write down their tips, and then we're actually going to talk about the Ren fair. Okay. Woo! Cool. Okay.
1: All right, and we are back here, Millennial Pagan Podcast. Uh, we are getting ready to talk a little bit about the uh, the Renaissance Festival, not just the mm-hmm. not just the one in Arizona, but you know, kind of uh, as a more of a community thing mm-hmm. um, that you might find uh, you know, if you're outside of Arizona, you might have a Ren Fair that you go to that's close to you, hopefully, and, uh, hopefully, and and some of those uh, performers might actually be visiting you sometime
0: soon yeah that you'll recognize um i know during the break we were talking a lot about how um it helped us in our pagan paths and how um like with um cons you feel a sense of community you feel a sense of at home when Mm. you're at these types of events like renaissance festivals or sc SCA. SCA. SCA events yeah. and such. So we're actually going to turn it now over to Tlaloc to talk about the history of the Renaissance Fairs and Renaissance Festivals. So go ahead, dude.
2: So this is the funniest thing that I that I came across when I was doing my research for this. Renaissance Festivals are, up until last 20 years or so, mm-hmm. were a wholly American thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, It started just after the end of World War II. They kind of started exploring more the Renaissance history, medieval history, kind of creating fun outings for people. The first official, I guess you want to call it, fair, Mm -hmm. was actually in California. The uh, California Renaissance Pleasure Fair is what they're called.
0: Okay, yeah. And it
2: was the very first one, 1962, the very first original Formed public one, Mm -hmm. as opposed to people having their own little individual parties and whatnot. Um, But yeah, that one is still running. That one, it actually starts just after ours here in Phoenix does. Ah. So, but it's been going on since the 1960s. -hmm. It kind of spread to Australia and New Zealand. Um, it, it, It doesn't seem to have a european aspect of it the europeans do have similar
3: Mm -hmm. events Mm -hmm.
2: but england doesn't have any which is like my favorite part because you go to any renaissance fair they are a little village in renaissance england elizabethan england but you go to england they don't have any they do have a similar fair but for vikings and that's in york Interesting. It is kind of interesting. I kind of want to go, want yeah. to check that out because that seems kind of interesting.
0: Was York at one point um, taken by Vikings? I couldn't tell you, to be
2: honest, but I wouldn't be surprised. Mm. They, they, Historian, kind of were listeners,
0: tell yeah. us, <laughs> educate us.
2: But yeah, I mean, they have different fairs. Like they'll do mm. some medieval fairs uh, in Europe, not necessarily in, in the UK. Right. Um, but they'll do uh, medieval, they'll do Renaissance, they'll do. Um, sort of a blend of all of them Mm -hmm. just to kind of have fun. But the actual Renaissance Festival, like the circuit, which is what's actually called where they have, you know, different different shows, different entertainers will travel to the different fairs across the country Mm -hmm. throughout the year. The Arizona Renaissance Festival is the very first one of the calendar year. Oh. So everyone is mm-hmm. starting here fresh after the holidays, ready to kind of put on their best show. Well, that so, makes
0: sense. Yeah. yeah.
2: And it's, it's awesome because having worked at the Renaissance Festival, I've gotten to meet a lot of these people. They're fantastic people. They have this life about them mm-hmm. like because performing is their life. Right. Yeah. They're on the road all, all the, time, the time. And then they'll go from show to show. They'll go from here, then they'll go to either uh LA or they'll go to Texas or they'll mm-hmm. go to Colorado or or they'll start making their way east. Right. Um and is
0: um isn't Texas the last one of the year?
2: You know, let me actually check the calendar. I'm not sure where Texas falls in as far as time it's frames. I like late. I know that Texas is the biggest one. Mm-hmm. Like Texas Renaissance Festival, I think last year they not last year, but when the last few years, they hit their highest at mm-hmm. over 600 Six hundred and eighty thousand, yeah people. no, oh, I wow. believe it, and yeah. but they
0: they have camping out there mm-hmm. too, yeah so they that do. that's a big deal about they it They do it, it's it's not just the performers or the people working the fair that camp, it's everybody, yeah,
2: and it's gorgeous, they have an amazing mm-hmm. uh uh lot where they have they have uh uh fifty five acres,
3: oh, yeah, wow,
2: it's massive,
3: that's a lot of space,
2: yeah. But it's really cool. It's like a lot of the performers Mm -hmm. here that come to this show, they also go perform at uh, TRF. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Um, The Arizona Renaissance Festival is actually also is owned by the same person that owns the Carolina Renaissance Festival. Mm -hmm. So about six months after Mm -hmm. the Arizona Renaissance Festival, the Carolina Renaissance Festival starts. So a lot of the same uh, groups they actually fulfill their contract as well to go and perform at Carolina. Right, right. So, but yeah, I mean, if you go to a lot of these shows, if you ever go to, like, Georgia or you go to TRF or you go to uh Oren, Ohio Renaissance Festival, mm-hmm. um, you're going to see a lot of the same uh, performers.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: From what I've heard, they actually like to do different shows for the different fairs so, right. so they don't get stale or they mm-hmm. cycle them. Because, I mean, there are a lot of people who travel. There are people who will go from here to – L.A. or they'll go from here to Colorado, and they don't want to have the same stale stuff over and over. that gets boring after a while. Right. I'm sure.
1: Oh, oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm. I've I've done performing and, and stuff like that, and yeah, we we change up our shows at least once a year. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, if if not once every month, if we could stand it.
0: Right. Yeah. And one thing I noticed, so I follow Barely Balanced, which is an act that we see here in Arizona. I've seen it in Atlanta. That is. Um, not a tumbling act but they're
1: uh they're, they're, they're a uh, acrobatics acrobatics uh, acrobatics uh balancing act L- yeah. literally it's in their name barely yeah. balanced yeah. yes
0: <laughs> and um Uh, So I follow them on Instagram, and one of the things that I noticed on their Instagram is that during the off-season, during the holidays and such, um, they were posting the different clinics and the different um, places that they went to train, where people who are even their professional trainers for doing these stunts, doing these balancing acts, doing the acrobatics, are training them how to do different things or helping them rebuild different sets and different – just a different show every year so they're learning something new they're they're working together and getting stronger and one of the things that um medium which is when their stage names are small medium large uh posted was that he um he's a, a short male mm-hmm. um person and he was surprised that he was able to uh lift his wife in a certain way that he didn't think he could do and his wife is small who is a fairly small She's, yeah,
1: I I would call her petite.
0: Yes, she she is a very petite lady. Mm-hmm. Yes, and um, so it was just very, it's very interesting to watch what they're that they're doing these things in their off time, air quotes, yeah, to improve their show and so that it's not that stale. Right, mm-hmm. but
1: but I will have to say this though um personally I, I i've been going to the ren fair for years and uh, well out here I've, i actually have never been to anyone any fairs outside of arizona
3: mm-hmm.
1: one of my favorite acts is hey nunny nunny it's mm-hmm. pretty much a, a pair of nuns that do a, <laughs> a, a just a hysterical show with jokes and a couple of songs mm-hmm. and i've actually uh, gotten picked on by them by them a couple of times but every year It's essentially the exact same show. Sometimes I go multiple times per year and it's the exact same show. But these two ladies have the best comedic timing I've ever seen to where even though it's the exact same show, the exact same joke, it's still hysterical.
2: (laughs) There's something about... Uh, the nuns—that's mm-hmm. just so wonderful. And if you ever see them or interact with them as they're walking between shows or the stages, they will interact with you and they will make you just fall over laughing. They're oh, just yeah. wonderful people. They—they—they're quick. Mm-hmm. They're just fantastic, and they're sweet, sweet ladies too. Oh yeah, they're so smart. They're—they're they're adorable.
0: So, one of the things I want to talk about because we are millennial. Pagan podcast is why does the Renfair care? Like, why do we care? Why are we talking about it? Um, We'll get into kind of the social aspects about why today we like it. But historically speaking, um, some very influential pagans uh, took life – in the Ren Faire for a good portion of the time. The original writer and publisher of The Green Egg, where we get a whole lot of our history from, if you don't know who that is, it is Oberon Zeal and his wife, Morning Glory. They shaped paganism in ways that if you haven't read something they've published, read old articles of The Green Egg or such, um, if you haven't read n- a pagan zine at all, they're constantly referred to as how good are they compared to the green egg right. um so they, they shaped what we're doing or they helped shape it to an extreme extreme mm-hmm. uh, amount they um started raising unicorns and I mean unicorns so um picture a unicorn in your head Add a beard, and some of you are like, I already had a beard on, why do I have to add? It's fine. (laughs) Add the beard to a unicorn. Make it short. It's a goat. I like that boulder. Anyway, yes, it's a goat. And what they realize when they're looking at the ancient tapestries or the older tapestries and seeing that actual facial hair, for lack of a better term, on the unicorns, they were like, they do look like goats. So they adopted goats, and they realized that through surgical means that they can make the ports or the the, um, pores where a baby goat's horns would grow and fuse them into one, and the horn will grow. Mm -hmm. And so they had... I think four or five unicorns that they raised. Uh, one, The most popular one is Lancelot. You can look this up and see pictures of actual legit, like legit unicorns. <laughs> and they had two of them that they took with them. And Oberon did a set of fairs, and Morning Glory did a set of fairs. And they just, one of them had a, one unicorn, the other had another, and they went around these fairs. And because of that, they were at the Renaissance fairs talking to people about paganism, talking to people about raising the unicorns and touching the earth and being more earth conscious and goddess worshiping. Oberon was very Gaia centric and centered very earth worship. Morning Glory was a witch. She was very much witchcraft and, mo- and at that time modern witchcraft. And this was going on in the 70s and 80s and Jared's pulling a picture of Lancelot and showing Talok who's like, "Yeah, yeah."
1: That's actually that's actually pretty cool. Yeah. yeah.
0: There, I, I was astonished when I saw a picture of Lancelot how large his horn really is. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah. And um, because of that, they they helped make Renaissance culture. I mean, you go to your Renaissance fair, and they usually have a petting zoo. And they usually have a quote-unquote unicorn. Granted, it's usually a horse with a horn on it, but it still <laughs> gives those kids the majesty, the magic. gives them the feel. Like, little kids aren't going to tell that that's a fake horn. Mm-hmm. I'm a little sad that we don't have real goat unicorns because me as an adult would still be like, whoa, that's cool. And little yeah, kids no. would be like, why is this so short? <laughs> and that's fine. You can keep going, why is it so short? Air breathe. <sighs> and it's like, that's fine, kid. <laughs> I want to know the science behind this move. <laughs> but, I mean, we that that's something that we're used to is yeah. seeing them, the mother gooses and sometimes kittens. And, and you get to pet a goat. I, I pet a goat last year, mm-hmm.
2: so. It, it. I think the petting zoos are just so much fun. There's so, so many different animals, and then just everybody's there is just so happy. Like you yeah. feel the positive energy of all these fun animals. Like you can see them, you can pet them. They're always friendly. None of them are ever really
0: kind of. As a grown woman, I probably shouldn't enjoy a petting zoo as much as I do.
2: <laughs> I'm older than you, and I still enjoy it, so whatever.
0: Yeah, as, as
1: as a grown man, I love going to the petting zoo and petting a little pot be- pot belly pig.
0: Now, if it was just like having to go to a petting zoo, I wouldn't be like, but no. since it's at the Ren Fair, it's a good 15 minutes to just waddle around and have you some, some animal contact.
2: Yeah, you kind of just slow down, take it easy, just kind of enjoy the nature of it, the mm-hmm. different animals, and... Sometimes the horse will spit on you, but what are you going to do?
0: You've eh. been spat on?
2: It's a long story. I've had a he goat like chewing
0: at my dress, but that was about it.
2: Uh, <laughs> and actually, it wasn't one of the horses at the petting zoo. I don't even think they have horses at the petting zoo.
0: Last year they did. They had one horse with a fake horn. That's where that's where I'm getting my info from. Oh. Yeah,
2: I, I was there right. with you. How do I not remember this? I
0: don't it know. Was, it was...
1: Just, just as you enter, it's right off to the left.
0: Yeah, and I was looking at it. I wanted to pet it. Because it was a horse, it was it was a,
1: actually, it was a pretty big horse too. So yeah. I'm, I'm surprised you didn't see it.
2: I might have seen it, and I'm just tuning it out for some reason. But yeah. that's that's me. We'll get to see him again tomorrow, hopefully. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, <laughs> unless it's
0: too muddy and they they're the dainty feet.
2: Yeah, yeah. You, you mean the horses or you?
0: Oh, dude, no. I'm I'm planning on being like me, high in mud. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's been raining for the past three days here, and when it rains, um, our ground isn't prepared for that no we don't have like the root system of constant grass to protect it we don't have huge tree root systems we have sand
1: the, the lake or the the sorry the park that's right up the way from my house <laughs> is, is a lake, lake. right yeah. now
2: yeah in fact um it's funny I, I worked at the renaissance festival uh one year where they had a lot of rain so there was uh like there was a front part of mm-hmm. the fair was underwater. It had a little lake in it. Mm-hmm. So it became Lake Fairhaven. Ah. <laughs> like, you know, it's there. Let's just take advantage of it. Yeah.
0: It's just, uh, it, it'll be more realistic, right?
2: Yeah, why not? Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure villages got flooded all the time if, during heavy oh, rains. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. I mean, no, we, it's, we
2: it's England.
1: We, we used to do that a lot when I was uh, when I was working at Rawhide. We, you know, there'd be a little part, part of town that was just completely flooded. We call it Lake Rawhide. And if we were doing a street show because it was too uh, too unsafe to do it in the theater, hmm. we would always. Uh, well, I wouldn't say we would draw straws to see who would do a splashdown, but I usually volunteered to do it. It's just fun. It is just just get shot and land in a big puddle and splash everybody that's around it. Sure, why not?
2: Yeah, I have a friend of mine who uh, plays a sheriff down at uh, Tombstone, mm-hmm. and he. He gets to pick who's going to fall into the horse trough. <laughs> <Nice>.
1: <laughs> Today, it's going to be you. You're going to regret what you told me yesterday.
2: Right. You forgot my coffee.
0: <laughs> you forgot my creamer and my coffee. Ooh. Yeah, that's a, that's a mortal sin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, not only that... Pagans and Ren go way back. I know, um, T, you were telling us about how a lot of the cast members are either pagan or pagan adjacent, open-minded to paganism.
2: A lot of them are very Mm open-minded at the very, very least. Um, They're wonderful people. These are people who have always loved to act, to perform, to entertain. And Mm -hmm. generally, people who like that. Tend to be a little bit more open-minded about different things, like faith and all that.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and historically, yeah. stage workers were always usually absolutely open.
2: Yeah. So yeah, a lot of a lot of it is friendly. A lot of them are friendly. A lot of the vendors are also uh, very open-minded. Mm-hmm. Uh, like there's quite a few of them uh, that sell incense, that sell different powders as mm-hmm. well, um, that will sell the jewelry as well. Of
0: course.
2: Um, and it's just—it's yeah. so wonderful to be able to go and just kind of feel at home.
0: Yes, mm-hmm. around
2: yeah. that kind of an environment, and well, everyone is just so friendly and so welcoming too. So I, the performers, the uh, the the cast members, the uh, the actual people in the uh, booths,
3: mm-hmm.
2: who are all their own little individual businesses, by the way. So they don't actually work for the Ren Fair or anything mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. They have their own businesses. Um, the only people I think who pretty much don't have any any real connection to that I tend to be the people who are running the the kitchens yeah, mainly because you know they don't do a lot of the interacting. They just mm-hmm. basically are trying to are, are are allowing us to stuff our faces, right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> With turkey legs I'm sometimes. Looking, or looking
1: forward to a scotch egg.
2: Oh gosh, yes. Well, and this is the strangest thing. When I worked at the Renaissance Festival, we have a little village where we actually have a lot of the people cook traditionally, so mm-hmm. that you can kind of see how it was done back in the day. Mm-hmm. I tried haggis.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Now, I know a lot of people listening. Hear the word haggis and they're like, "eh." No, (laughs) let me tell you something. Haggis is amazing if it's It's done right. Yes, if it's done right,
1: haggis can be probably one of the best things you've ever put in your mouth.
2: Yes, it is absolutely stunning, and it's done traditionally too. But it's something else. Let me tell you,
1: Autumn. Autumn, you're drooling. Not on the mic.
2: No, I think she's a little concerned. Actually.
1: (laughs) Uh,
0: Anyway, (laughs) so um, yes. The Renaissance Festival, your local Renaissance Festival, is a great place that you can stock up on your tools, get you some nice wares, and it's also a great place where you can meet other people. Remember, like we were talking about, sometimes even these stores are people that are constantly traveling, so they're not going to know where you can find a coven, where you can find a group, whatever, but they're going to be a little bit more open. If mm-hmm. you start talking about it, you might have somebody overhear you and go, oh, hey, let me steer you. So it is a haven or a place where you can get that social networking started. Yeah. Um, in Atlanta, one thing I want to say, this is a free advertisement for Unleash the Goddess. <laughs> if you are in Atlanta, when Renfair comes around, go to Unleash the Goddess. They are local witches to Atlanta. They're also the group Spiral Rhythm. So they're not only... Actual local pagans. They are also local pagan musicians who produce music and just have, if you're like me and you enjoy costuming and Saharas and really pretty stuff, <laughs> you want to go to Unleash the Goddess. So, yeah. that that's my free plug. You're welcome. That's, it. It. that's good. I like
2: yeah, that. Yeah. This is not sponsored by Unleash the Goddess in any way, shape, or, or form. Or this
0: Spiral Rhythm, but if Spiral Rhythm wants us to play their music, we will be happy to just yeah. email me. Yes. Kara. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so, and that's another thing is that sometimes you will find short stores that are done by pagans. Sometimes you won't. Um,
1: sometimes you'll find entertainment
0: by pagans. By
1: pagans. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I know that. Um, I, I'm not too sure of their of their age, but I know some of my friends are playing at Renfair this mm-hmm. year. Far from home, uh, yeah, yes. uh, they, yep. they are
0: pagan adjacent. Actually, yeah. what's amusing is that um, Oberon and Morning Glory were poly too. Mm-hmm. So,
1: yeah,
2: yep. Our friends from Far from Home, I have known them. I have been had the I have had the pleasure of knowing them for about the last six seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, I met them. Actually, through my ex-wife, who had met them at the Renaissance Festival, because, of course. Um, and they are just absolutely wonderful people, incredibly talented. Yes. Um, yeah. And they're so much fun. Yes. They, they are a riot. Um,
1: and actually, the, the first time I heard about Far From Home is when, mm-hmm. actually, you and I went to the um, the Harry Potter birthday party. <laughs> Uh, because uh, Merlin uh-huh. is part of the band, and this last year during uh, Harry Potter, the Harry Potter birthday party at Changing Hands,
3: mm-hmm.
1: uh, he actually reached out to me because we had met again right. at the Phoenix Fan Fest, Con Fiesta Palooza, the Comic Con thing down here. So yeah. many words, yeah. yeah the not um, getting
0: sued play. thing, yeah. yeah.
1: But. Um, it's it's nice because I didn't know about the band. I I had actually heard mm-hmm. the music before. Mm-hmm. Didn't know didn't know anything about them. And then when he had, when he had mentioned, I was like, wait a minute.
0: They added a new band member, mm-hmm. a rubber chicken.
2: I heard about that. For the actually, the song. rubber chicken is an original member. Oh, the chicken is a founding member. Oh. It, it
1: came back. Right. There 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 was probably some some feuding going on it wasn't a
2: feud the chicken just needed some time to kind of discover itself
0: he needed to venture off and do his own musical things he kind of
2: grew and then he came back
0: you remember my poison ivy wig yes a couple of my other cosplay wigs i ended up giving to one of the members of far from home Mm -hmm. just because um cosplay and me are having a break
1: that that's fine it's
0: expensive yeah. it is it's an expensive yeah, it habit and i have way too many of those and it's like mm, i need to put you
3: on the back burner mm-hmm.
0: mommy needs her an apron dress for next friend fair because it's been too cold every year <laughs> oh god tell me about it and, and, I'm, and, and I'm, mama needs more tattoos
1: i'm i'm wearing a kilt on sunday I know. It's going to be cold.
2: Why would you do that? Hopefully the weather will cleared up by then. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah.
0: I, it's supposed I, to be 52 for the high. I know there's people in like the Midwest and other countries who are just like... 52. Really? Well, I wish it was 52 <laughs> desert dwellers. And it's like, yeah. no, no, no. At 55? Okay. <laughs> the face he just made.
2: Well, so you and I are going tomorrow. Right. It's currently Friday night. Uh-huh. Um, it's going to be 55 for a high
0: right in tempe
2: in this is tempe. apache well, yeah. junction yeah. chandler actually
0: really But yes
2: yeah. Yeah, yeah um oh. according to my trusty uh magical pixie box which is what they call cell phones at the renaissance festival oh. um, mm-hmm. on sunday it'll be 62
1: okay i should be fine
2: we hate you i'll
1: wear i'll wear the long stockings
2: i'm gonna have a freaking parka tomorrow <laughs>
0: So, 55, even when I lived in Georgia, where it did get cold, people, I lived in the North Mountains of Georgia, I wore leggings or stockings under my jeans, because at that point, it was cold enough that I need more layers, and I'm a wuss, let's be honest. Um, So, whenever it gets below 50 is usually when you see this tiny little ginger, like, covered in layers of... Puffy things and stuff, and you're like, "Is there a person under there?" And I'm like, "Here's a seven dollars. Give me my coffee." Do you,
1: do you turn into the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man?
0: I do, but it's of multiple colors.
2: She it, starts walking st- around. Stay like Puff a-
1: Marshmallow Ginger. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You know, Joseph, if there's many colors of his jacket, yeah, it's me, but many colors of layers. There's like one (laughs) hat that's purple and one hat that you can barely see that's green and two scarves, one's covering my eyes. I I
2: think we need to write a play or a musical. Autumn and the Technicolor Parka.
0: (laughs) Technicolor Fluff. (laughs) There's three socks. It's just me trying to go to the bathroom in that ensemble is usually fun. No. Mm Mm-mm.
2: I'm going to have a pair of jeans on, a t-shirt, and my hoodie, and I'm good. Yeah. Oh, my beanie. My beanie.
0: Leggings, a thermal, um, my underdress, my Irish overdress, a cloak, and a scarf. And I don't know what the hell I'm going to do with my ears.
2: Beanie.
1: Beanie.
0: That's not historically accurate.
2: Are you really going for accuracy, or are you going for Oh, my God, I don't want my ears to catch frostbite.
0: A little. Your funeral. I'm a girl. I have to be pretty. If you lose
1: your, you lose your.
0: Eh. I only use it for like the podcast. Yeah. That's true. And you
2: really only need the actual inside part. You don't need the outside part, really. Except Mm. to keep your headphones on, to be fair.
1: And if, if that, I mean, duct tape.
0: Anyway, I think we've gone way (laughs) off topic. Like I said, it was going to be a fun show. (laughs) It's a little crazy of a show, but yeah. So I would definitely encourage, if you've not been to one, go have fun, enjoy yourself. Um, We're obviously going to this weekend. I know it will be afterwards that you actually listen to this, but... It's not just something fun for the whole family. Pagans can get a lot more out of it just by being pagans. Like I said, you're going to find um, tools that you didn't know you needed and mm-hmm. things to spend money on and shows that you're going to be like, oh, I get that nuance a little bit deeper because I, I know stuff about things that n- y'all uh, don't. Yeah,
1: that other people don't, that you normies don't.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah the and, and my favorite part is... Mm-hmm. The the energy that you feel when you're there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You feel so comfortable because you feel like you're at a place where, A, you're outside, you're in nature. B, you're surrounded by people who are also trying to give positive energy and mm-hmm. just try to enjoy themselves. And... Your community's there. You, they might be a little hidden depending on, on where mm-hmm. you are, but they're there.
0: Mm-hmm. And I was talking with somebody, I think the first year I was here at Arizona, who works the fair. And she was like, in Georgia, they're a little bit more out about paganism. And I was like, well, that's because the rest of the year, we can't talk about that.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: and I'm like, here in Phoenix, it's a little bit easier to be more open, be more out about it. So it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm pagan." Mm-hmm. As opposed to, you're pagan too. <laughs> yeah. <gasps> Where do you live? Oh, in Buttfalvelania. I live in down in Scaryville.
1: Well, see, and and the nice thing this is actually going to be the first year that I'm going to be actually wearing my uh, mm-hmm. my pagan kilt that oh, actually nice. has the uh, has my pentacles on it. Oh yeah. So it's going to be uh, kind of interesting who I see there because. From what I've heard, there's going to be uh, a lot of people from my old church that are going after church. Okay. Yeah, so that's going to be interesting.
0: That's that it. That is interesting. Yeah. But um, well, we're going. Some of the fairs have themed days, and we're going mm-hmm. during Time Traveler Day mm-hmm. and Arizona Ren Fair Time Travelers Week and T. What's the face?
2: It's not Saturday. It's only Sunday. Boo. I know.
0: But the TARDIS, which was what I was getting to, there's a TARDIS that's always outside for Time Travelers Weekend. Yeah, for the whole week. Provided
1: Tires by and... AZ TARDIS, which uh, a couple of my friends run.
0: Right on. Oh, I yeah. didn't I know that. Well, it's outside of the main gate yeah. all year or all week during Time Travelers Week. Um, but apparently it's only on Sunday.
2: Well, the actual uh, Time Traveler days is Sunday specifically, but. It usually does tend to be a weekend where a lot of the patrons will come in their cosplay Mm. already anyway. So Um, one thing that always amuses me uh, every year that I go is the number of people dressed up as the main character or characters of Assassin's Creed.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm guilty of that for one year.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean the hoodie's so easy to get. Oh yeah, totally.
0: <laughs> There's gonna be um, like maybe two listeners who get this and go, Ooh! but I've always wanted to do Sakura from Subasa Chronicles because in Subasa Chronicles they time and dimension hop.
1: Mm-hmm. So I could I could actually see that. Mm-hmm. I think I have actually seen somebody, uh, somebody who did that it's at least so, once. It's
0: really hard and obscure to find somebody who does suton sakura anymore. Mm-hmm. And, but it's one of my sole characters. Like, yeah, she's my girl. You know, except for the memory loss and stuff. And...
1: Which, again, very very vague reference. <laughs> well, um, I think that's uh, that's pretty much gonna.
0: Wrap us up. Wrap yep. Up, yeah. Well, um, we just had a major big full moon. So, um, next new moon, we'll talk about during the next episode and its importance. Um, if you are thinking about coming out to book club, uh pagan book club phoenix that uh, our pagan book talk phoenix valley has changed locations to extreme bean we are still the first sunday of the month but we are now four thirty to 6 30 at extreme bean coffee and you can find more information on that on my facebook page if you were interested in coming up mm-hmm. um uh, is patreon worth it oh of
1: course patreon is worth it and um, by
0: that i mean is it worth it to support us on patreon oh
1: of course because not only do you get the the feel goods of supporting uh, an upstart podcast to reach out to the world but of course we give you a nice big thank you on the show for uh for everybody who supports, no matter what, what level you are. Yes. Um, but, of course, if you give a, give a little bit more, you do get a little bit more. Uh, we've got stickers. We've got um, buttons. buttons. We've got, of course, uh, some new thank you cards that are going to be coming out really soon.
0: Yep. They look spiffy.
1: Yep. And, uh, of course, that monthly mini-sode that is exclusive to Patreon members.
0: woo so, Yes. Yeah. And that's a 30-minute mini-sode that you get once a month just for Patreon supporters. And sometimes we do things like um, let the Patreon supporters dis- decide the topic for that mini-sode. Sometimes it's it's a lot like what you're hearing now. Um, me and Jara just jabbering away. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes T interjects when, when necessary to t- <laughs> remind us that... Hey, y'all aren't just bickering amongst yourselves. (laughs) So you can find the podcast on, of course, Patreon, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all at Millennial Pagan Podcast. If you type that in, in any of those search bars, you will find us. You can find Jarrah, Uh,
1: of course, on uh, Twitter at Jarrah Stone or on Instagram at haggard underscore haggard underscore cosplay which by the way if uh, you guys are listening and you guys know about the wizarding world of harry potter um they're opening up a new coaster that's uh, Hagrid themed spread the word
0: because
1: Hagrid needs to get there
0: well it's a day before your birthday it's a day before so... my birthday
1: so it'd be an awesome birthday present yes uh, especially if universal orlando reached out and said hey you're an awesome cosplayer. Get over here. <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah. I, th-
1: I think I think that'd be pretty cool. So uh, that that's one of the things that I'm trying to manifest like a mofo right now because I, I I heard I heard because today I actually heard about the opening date. And I'm like, that's a day before my birthday. I'm a Hagrid cosplayer. That's a Hagrid themed <laughs> roller coaster that actually has the carts that look like Hagrid's motorcycle. <gasps> choked but yeah it it's it's manifest like a mofo time
0: yes we we will help you manifest that we will throw some some magic get magic at you yeah if i had water it'd be flicking right in your face um so you can find me at facebook as autumn wolf with an e at the end of wolf on twitter same uh instagram is our instagram so i mean i don't have my own it's way too much stuff, guys. <laughs> um, and you can also read some of the stuff that I've wrote previously and that I might write in the future at my WordPress, which is Iron Circle. Sorry, Iron Wolf Circle. So the smiles continue. I- I'm editing something right now. Hold on, guys.
2: I'm trying. I
0: promise. <laughs> I keep telling everyone at the end of every episode, like, you, I'm publishing something sometime.
1: Well, you, you just you just went through a big change with work, so I think it's understandable.
0: I don't think I've published anything new since the podcast came out, because this is where all my magic energy's been lying, and, like, all the things I want to talk about is coming out. It's well, oh my god! Why
1: don't you write about that?
0: Because they hear about it here.
1: Well, no, no. I mean, like, like, your process like yeah. go, like going through creating the the podcast and what you what you kind of went through and how it's kind of magically aligned for you and for for the show. Hmm. Then I, I think that would actually be a good a a really good topic to write about because you never know there might be somebody listening who wants to do something like this. Mhm. And it could be inspirational.
0: If you want to do something like this or you have a topic <laughs> that you want to talk about and you are somehow specially knowledgeable about this topic drop us a line at, at, at gmail.com and we will interview you to maybe interview you on the air
1: that too yeah
0: so <laughs> from all of us here at millennial pagan podcast merry meet
1: merry part and merry meet, meet again, again.